0: welcome to episode 203 of saturday football uncensored brought to you by saturday down south on today's episode we recap week seven in college football you can find the show on our website saturdaydownsouth.com and apple and spotify don't forget to join us for the live recording of the show every sunday at 8 eastern time just like tonight on the saturday down south youtube page go share with your friends we're looking to expand the pod you guys have done a great job of sharing already, but we want to continue to go up the charts in Cambodia. Find clips from the show on Twitter, at satdownsouth and at satfbuncensored, on Instagram and TikTok. That's at Saturday Down South And YouTube, Saturday Down South. And now... <laughs> Going on, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, my co-host Chris Marler. Chris, week seven in the books. We're halfway through.
1: We are. That sucks. Sad. It's, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Um. Anyway, saw some puppies that didn't get adopted this weekend. Is that better? Is that a better way to? Keep- I'm kidding. Um, let's bring the mood up since I've already managed to bring it down. That's not a real puppy story, by the way. Uh, week seven is in the books. I felt like it was a really good weekend for like the fourth weekend in a row. And it was also like a very satisfying weekend. I feel like for a lot of football fans, Colorado lost (laughs) USC got slowed. That Colorado game, sir. Not good. Not good. Um, Plenty of places to start. I mean, like all the games, for the most part, felt like they were really good. Uh, I will tell you about my meltdown with Bama. Um, absolutely spiraled out of control. Just spiraled out of control. Bama or you or both? Both. So like, okay. I, you know, I'll just tell it now. I was up in um, John's Creek. I was in for like, or Atlanta for the past like, week and a half. And I was watching games with my best friend, Jeff, who I brought up on the podcast several times. And like, this team just isn't good enough to smoke anybody, it seems. And for whatever reason, after they got their foot up or their, their foot like on someone's throat up 24-6, they decided to just not press down. Big fan of pressing down in that situation. So yeah. There's like a third and eight where like a somebody's face mask got hooked with the other player's face mask. It got called a penalty as a face mask, even though like their face mask literally just like conjoined. And in two plays later, they scored. And while that happened, just magically, two of Jeff's wedding photos, which was rude enough, fell off the wall and hit me right on top of the head, no. cut my head open. It was why were, so, why were you so close to the wall? I mean, I was on the couch. The couch was like next to the wall. Don't you know what? That's not the first question. Are you okay, okay Chris? Did you make it through it? No, I had a full-on meltdown. Anyway, that was my weekend. Yeah, that was a little butt-clenching time. I I
0: did tune in because Florida State was a, a, kind of a runaway in the fourth quarter, and I was like, this seems – I'm not going to text Chris. I'm just going to let this
1: play out. Yeah, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but I will, I will say <laughs> that figuring out a way to get a false start penalty on a victory formation taking of the knee is something I've never fucking seen before in my entire life. Uh, that being said, where, where should we start? Like, do you want to start on Friday night? Also welcome in everybody. Um, let us know in the comments, what games we should go to. Good to see Krista kissing your back and we can kind of go from there. I, I feel like it makes sense to start with the Colorado stuff. Cause it happened on Friday and yeah. then maybe a little bit of Brock Bowers talk.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen much on that yet. It, it looked pretty bad. Obviously he came out of the game. Game, which when you're playing Vandy, that's probably going to happen. But it'll be interesting to see. Have you seen anything on the severity of that? He said uh,
1: he was probably going to sit the rest of the year and and get ready for the draft. So it hasn't been official yet, but like that's probably what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, you're just trying to make everybody sad. A thousand percent. (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, no news. But look, I guess we could start there. Then you know, potentially, if he has to start, like I. I guess Florida is kind of sneaky. Like that was kind of a crazy, yeah, ca- crazy game that we'll get to. But um, you don't want Brock Bowers sitting out any games. I mean, he's the crux of the offense. It, the offense is starting to get there, but it's been been a lot because of him just catching everything that's thrown at him, right? Especially the last three games. Right. So that was another bet. That was one of your lone bets that didn't didn't hit. Or did you not go full
1: game? I went first quarter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't take that one. That's but I did idea. go eight and two in my picks, and we are still on absolute fire. So, um, all right, let me just – let me ask you this right off the bat because we're not going to talk about Georgia Vandy, even though I got blamed and I'll take the blame for it. The jinx that that I may be responsible for, because I tweeted out on Tuesday and it went everywhere, that Georgia had not allowed a touchdown to Vanderbilt in the last five years.
0: Ben, five years. Opening Pete opening toddy
1: opening drive like a minute and a half in just some like white kid like on a slant route just gone gone um i mean georgia they started slow again they struggled a little bit they they, you know turnovers um the defense like they didn't give up a ton of yards but they they gave up like i think it was like 219 right which is almost the, the the amount that dandy had in the last two games before this combined against them uh so improvements for Vanity, but like they, they gave it up on 43 plays. So it was one of their higher, like yards per play allowed of the season, uh, which isn't great. A lot, of, a lot of fans are griping about that. I don't think it's a huge deal. You're getting into the bye week You're undefeated. You're still number one. My question for you, how far can the team go without Bowers? I, look I mean I was impressed with zoo this
0: weekend we'll get to that game as well mm-hmm. I still don't think that there's a ton until you get to the championship game SEC championship game like if you didn't have Bowers you couldn't find a way to win the game um that being said I mean at, judging on our voicemails and some of the stuff I saw on Twitter I think people are equally frustrated with the defense mm-hmm. um so obviously, when you lose what we've kind of deemed as the best overall player in college football, or I have at least, um, yeah, it's a it's a big loss. And I think especially if he's out, you know, for the season, which I don't think that he is. I mean, it looked like an ankle. I'm so not. Yeah. Um, but really, where I think where that would obviously affect you the most is the SEC championship game. Um, you're either going to, what, have to keep score pace to pace with LSU, which not too many teams can do, or you're going to face a really tough Alabama defense probably. That's most likely scenario. So in that game, I think that would be a huge, huge, huge loss for them.
1: Yeah. What about you? I, I think they're fine. I mean, it, it couldn't come at a better time. Like, you, you get a bye week, and it's a sprain. And, like, if there's one thing about Bowers, too, it's like, there's a reason why he's a favorite amongst everyone, not just because he's a great player, but like he's, he's a gritty, I'm not just saying this because of his, <laughs> his complexion. Definitely quick. He's a super hard worker and he like, he's played through injuries before. Um, and I think they're going to be fine. Like I think they can beat Florida without Brock Bowers. And, and I, I tell you what, this is scary to say, especially with how good he is, but taking him away, there may not be a position unit on that that roster and on that team that is deeper than Georgia tight ends. I will say they also yeah. have a decent amount of injuries. They're trying to, trying to get past um, there. Like, but again, I think they're fine. They, they, they get the bye week rest up Florida. And then really like the, the month of November, you have a home game against Ole Miss. I, I, I mean, Maybe. I think they'll be able to score on, on Ole Miss's defense regardless. And then you have the game against Tennessee. So like, I'm looking at it from the fact of, and I don't think Kirby would do this because he wants to win every game, but you can afford to lose a game if you're Georgia to like Ole Miss, right? Like you want to go beat Florida. You can afford to lose to Ole Miss. So if you have to sit them out, you can, and then go to Knoxville and win that game. Cause you just need to make sure you're undefeated in the division to get to Atlanta. I think they're fine. I think they're completely fine.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, uh, until yeah, I guess with the division thing. I was thinking it would probably be a better loss to go on the road and lose to Tennessee, but then you'd have to have Tennessee also lose twice in division. Right. So yeah. No, you need that's that's the must win. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if they could get in automatically with um with a loss. There's still a lot of good undefeated
1: teams. There really are. I like I don't want to over exaggerate or be dramatic about where we are like prison of the moment, but it does feel like a much different year than like like again, like people compared it to 2007, but it's not like that, you know, revolving door of like South Florida being number two, Rutgers being number two. Like there are some really legitimate teams that are that are at the at the top. And like, you know, uh, you saw it today with the AP poll, like Oregon didn't really drop really after the, the loss of Washington. I think that's just a lot about both teams. Um right, and yeah. teams will start to separate themselves. But
0: you know. yeah uh, Willie Gray makes a point in the chat. Tennessee lost to Florida, so they they wouldn't have to lose twice in division, I guess. but the point still
1: remains. No, if they if Georgia lost, like if Tennessee wins out two, they, they'd game, have to lose Georgia... one more.
0: They have to, I was thinking Tennessee would have to lose two more in in division games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they would just have to lose another one, which isn't likely. All right, math is not
1: our strong suit. Um, but you want to talk about some numbers? With George, yeah. Oh. I mean,
0: uh, th- let's let's just talk about the fact that they had a hundred percent, ninety nine point nine
1: percent. It's fossil baby. On your watch, it's a fossil watch, baby. ninety nine
0: point nine percent win probability at at one point in the game. I mean, it looks like about play one hundred, there was two hundred and ten total.
1: Well, one thing about Stanford is they are a really good team, and they have been on a hot streak as of late. Uh, they
0: and, and they were going to
1: continue the way. They ran 100 plays, Stanford
0: did. How? And Colorado ran 92. Jesus.
1: I, this was like – we're going to talk about it because it's Colorado and Sean Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. I, I don't know how they blew this game. I don't. You're up 29 to nothing. And, and I didn't watch the third quarter because I was watching some, I don't know, like either a murder doc or Friday Night Lights. But it was like they scored 19 points in the third quarter, which I feel like Stanford's is not a team that puts up points like at all, like at all. No. And to go put up 19 alone in the, in the receiver, like we talked a lot about Travis Hunter and how great he is. And he's a really, really good football player, but he got embarrassed. By that, L yeah, yeah, on the
0: defensive side, he was a beast at receiver.
1: Yeah,
0: um, thirteen catches, 140 yards, two touchdowns, and he got absolutely smoked in the end zone. And he had the spinny to do, little guy. That was, yeah, that was, he, but yeah, especially that last catch. It wasn't just that last catch where he got completely mossed and just got kind of dragged by his head into right. the end zone. Uh, but just pretty much, I mean, the the kid that he was on had almost 300 yards receiving. 290
1: that has to be the more than any other player on that team for the entire season like the,
0: yeah just unbelievable three touchdowns 13 catches just dominated um Travis I mean look he's coming off of what
1: a spleen injury I think he had a lacerated uh spleen. no I don't think it's a spleen I think it was some other body part that I, I don't know where it would be located um, so there's a little bit of an excuse. He probably came back a little too early.
0: Lacerated spleen or whatever was lacerated seems tough. But, Tell us in the comments what was lacerated. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever seen like, even as a Falcons fan, don't. I've never seen a come. I've never seen someone come back from twenty nine points
1: in a game, especially in two quarters. That part is pretty crazy, the fact that it was in two quarters. Um, I'm sure it's happened, but I mean, this was like, I mean, there were some crazy endings in general this weekend, like the last Houston was in the game. Um, Colorado State scored like 21 points in the last four minutes to win. It was a liver. Uh, uh, well, well okay. either way, um, I no. think my biggest takeaway from this was I was a little bit surprised with with Dion and his press conference because the comments he made about asking the kids, like, would they like the sport or love the sport? It just kind of caught me off guard. I don't think it was good, bad, or indifferent. It just kind of caught me off guard. The thing that stood out the most to me with this game is – and he's a really good quarterback. He's way better than I thought he would be, way better than I I thought he would be. But Shadur Sanders' lack of maturity in general, I think, like – I'm not saying cost him this game, but there were moments in this game where he lacked – focus and seemed like he was out there doing like whatever the fuck he wanted to do. Like that interception was inexcusable. It, it made yeah. no sense.
0: Um, um, how about putting a post out on Instagram at halftime, like selling his gear?
1: Maybe it was a scheduled post, but that is, I will <laughs> say this, that was the, like I was barely offended by that at all. I feel like that's something that like a lot of people were probably pissed about, but he could not have captured like that moment any better. Like he could not have capitalized on that. Like they were up 29, nothing. He was balling out. Like, so good for him. Um, yeah. The whole thing is so weird. I've seen like a lot of people comment about how like, you know, people kind of piling on because Dion makes them uncomfortable. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's the fact that like the media over blew the shit out of this, just like the, like Travis Kelsey and T-Swift thing and like everything else. And people got tired of hearing about it. And like, again, they're a good story. They're like, they're a really fun story. And they weren't even supposed to get to four wins. The SNL scoop last night was pretty funny. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. What makes you think? (laughs) But no, I I will say that like Shadir Sanders, I think at this point in the season, it's time to start judging Colorado based off of how we would judge other teams. And like, I feel like they're kind of a, a team that gets not a free pass, but we talk about them in a different light and in a different way than we do other teams because it's fun and it's exciting and like there's like this built-in thing it's almost like kentucky with mark stoops it's like well they're not supposed to be here yet they're not supposed to be that good um but this was a very winnable game like obviously not even just because the score like Stanford's awful so i, I was like, pretty disappointed in that um in general but anyway let's get some of the good games there are a lot of good games this weekend where do you want to start somebody in the comments tell us where to start i like that somebody brought up mizzou um I don't think we should start with that. <laughs> Why don't we start with this? Why don't we start with... Uh, where'd it go? Where's Washington and Oregon? Did you delete it?
0: I don't, no, I didn't delete it. It wasn't there the other day either when I was on there. It absolutely was. Uh, you want to start there? Yeah, man. What a game. I think it lived up to the hype um, in terms of just being back and forth. I mean, there's people questioning, landing on the fourth down calls. Um, Penix, I, dude, I mean, right now that kid's gonna, there's a lot of season to play out, but he's clearly the Heisman front runner at this point. Did you see the odds? Yeah. He's the only minus odds, right? It's like plus 100.
1: So it's even money. Yeah.
0: I mean, look, the, what a, what a game. It was back and forth at one point. I was convinced Oregon was going to win. Don't really how they, I still think Oregon's a really good team. Defensively, I was I was impressed with Washington. I thought that would be the one unit you know, on the field that would struggle the most. Yeah, um, I was impressed. It seemed like they could run the run the rock a little bit better than they had all season. Um, they definitely came to play. Would, yeah, I'll probably bet against them in the next game. What I don't even know who they play unless they're on a bye. Washington. Yeah, I can look it up. Just because they put a lot into that game, Penix was like clearly just super emotional after the game. I thought that was cool, but they put a lot into that game and, um, dude, they're, they might be the best team in
1: the country. Maybe I was, you look pretty good. I was surprised that like, I wasn't surprised that Oregon didn't drop after this. I was very surprised that Washington didn't go up higher because I, I thought it was a really, I thought both teams were really, really, really impressive. Like, I mean like really, really, really impressive. Um, and it was a hell of a game like it was it was a hell of a game now there were some like some mistakes that that i was kind of shocked by like basically the main thing that everyone was talking about especially going into the end of the game because oregon comes back down i think they were down like 11 right they come back in they get ahead in the fourth they're ahead by four um i think it was like 33-29 and they have the ball and i think there's like maybe 2 minutes left or something like that and they're around midfield and they were, they were moving the chains, like they were moving the chains and like they had for, for a lot of the day, both teams, really. And at one point, they get down to like third and three. And I didn't like the play call on third and three, first off, because it didn't really signify to me like, okay, this is what we're going to run because we still have, we know we're going for fourth. We're going for on fourth. I was, I was very confused with it, what, they, what their plan was there, I guess. So mm-hmm. then they come back on fourth and three, it's around midfield. I didn't think the decision was bad to, to try and go for it. Bo Nix no. was playing lights out. I mean, he was 80% completion percentage. He's a kid that's like an eighth-year senior, leads the country in completion percentage. If you're Oregon, you should be able to get three yards, and they've been a really aggressive team all year. Now, obviously, they didn't get it, and Washington scores in two plays. But I don't think that, like – I don't think that that was the bad bad move. What I did think was a ridiculously dumb move was – when they had the ball at the end of the first half, and this is what like played out just like it played out, I think with Jimbo last week. Um, I think it was like against Bama. And there was some other game too, where it's like you're in field goal range. You're in field goal range. I think they had the ball inside like the 10 yard line. i on the six. And instead of just kicking the field goal down 22, 18 to pull within one, they go for it. They roll out, right. Ball goes like sails to the end zone. They come away with no points. And then you find yourself at the end of the game down three, having to like go the length of the field to try and tie it up. I, I just don't understand why we're getting that aggressive in spots that don't really need to be. If it's fourth and one and there's you know a couple minutes left in the second or third or whatever, and you're under 45. Like, I understand analytics, all that kind of stuff. This made no sense to me. Get, I mean, in games like yeah. this, especially, you got to get points.
0: Yeah. No, I I think that our coaches um Norvell did the same thing in our game this week. A lot of people are getting mad about just taking just take points, especially when your offense is kind of getting clogged up. It's just like, but Landing actually did say after the game that was his one regret out of all the fourth down moves that they they made was the not taking the points. So he would agree with you there. Yeah,
1: he said I, that will, a I will also say that like I didn't come away looking at either team, either coach, either quarterback with like, and a lot of times this is what happens, especially with social media is like, Oh, this team's a fraud. This guy sucks. Like he didn't, you know, cause he lost this game. Both teams. I, I, I might be even more impressed by both of them. Like Oregon going on the road to a very hostile environment and playing like, I mean, that was a really, really tough 60 minutes of football. It was more physical than I thought it would be. They, on both great.
0: they, they didn't turn the ball over. No and Washington did twice. Um, not a lot of sacks generated by either team, um, but I, I I still think both these teams are two of the best. I don't know, five six teams in the country.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So. It, it was I, I was glad the the game lived up to to the hype. It I thought it legitimized what's going on in the Pac-12
1: right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, where are we going next? We got a we got a bunch to choose from. Let's go to last night's game. Oh yeah, Let's see. I like this
0: one. Caleb Williams, I, I've. It's been
1: a while since I. You just cut out. You're muted, dummy. I'll intro it. Um. And it, no, I. I, I like. This game, it says you're muted in the bottom left. I don't know what's going on. Uh, this game was confusing to me. Not confusing to me because I thought Notre Dame would win. I honestly thought the line yeah. was was like kind of – maybe it was like fool's gold because it being only three with them at home – and we, we've seen USC struggle. What I was not prepared for was to see Caleb Williams struggle that badly Yeah, and then that defense be that bad because now you start looking at these other games – Notre Dame struggled to put up points against Ohio State, who's a very good defense. They struggled to put up points against Duke. Like, they didn't struggle at all to put up points no. against USC at all. Every
0: time I, I flipped over the game or was catching that, it seemed like Notre Dame was just streaking down the field. Yeah. Um. They had the kickoff return. Like anytime USC tried to get momentum, like Notre Dame was just right there to score again, whether it was on a kickoff return, on offense. I was just, I was, what I was saying when I was muted is, I don't think I've seen Caleb Williams look that like frazzled. Yeah. Since he was like a a freshman when he came in and replaced Rattler. I think he had like a weird game against Kansas, maybe, or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's like the last time I saw him look that bad. I mean, he was, he was running
1: for his life the whole game. I mean, he was running for his life the whole game, and he he looked he never looked like he settled down like like his like usually like pretty look at Bo Nix yesterday and some of these other quarterbacks like they look like very calm at, at all times even Joe Milton like very calm in in the pocket like you know getting the play call in he looked like erratic and like very very all over the place like every time I saw him um, seven and, turnovers for USC in this game what's that. Seven turnovers.
0: That probably okay. That's that's four fumbles
1: lost, three interceptions. Yeah, I mean, so maybe the twenty eight points wasn't that bad, <laughs> yeah. but it kind of was because it didn't. It never felt like it was really close. Like, and I tell you the other thing is too. Like when your team like USC, this is why a lot of people were waiting on this because USC is not Georgia or Oregon or or like Washington or or Ohio state, like there's not a lot of games where they have to show up. They can, they can just go put up like 48, 50 something points and win no matter how bad the defense is. There's rarely, do they have like a a spot? I feel like where they are on a national stage and have to like go out there and like be better in all three phases of the game or two of the three. Right. and they fell flat on their face, and it was embarrassing. Primarily because I'm like, I, I had to pile on with it, I guess. But like, Lincoln Riley in big games has just been, my god.
0: This might have been the worst I've seen. Seven turnovers. I mean, they had. Am I reading this right? That Notre Dame only had, two hundred and fifty-five
1: yards of offense.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. It's actually two hundred and fifty-one jeez no i'm sorry you're oh yeah, yeah it is 251 um yeah I mean, and like and they got a thing. short work with every single like it seemed like every single time they had the ball
0: yeah i just it, usc had 300 yards of offense the the biggest thing is they only had 4.4 yards for per play on in their passing game which just that's you don't see that with usc uh you don't see that on, on those oklahoma teams that riley had it was just a horrible night overall for them um and I think that pretty much people were already skeptical I think this pretty much closes the narrative on USC at all um right which so out of Washington I don't know if you have access to their schedule real quick but out of Washington Oregon do they play both of those one of those I know they, they play Utah right oh, yeah
1: they're they're about to get into like the, the the thick of it um by the way when you look at like their the ranked teams they've played in the past two years that are power five opponents they got blown out in this one. They lost their last two last year and then they only had two wins. So they're 2 and 3 in their last five games against ranked opponents, they are ranked power five opponents, and the two wins were by three points apiece. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's not good. They have Utah, um and remember, they don't like, they don't get a bye week during any of this. Utah at Cal, Washington at home, at Oregon and UCLA. So oh, yeah. and in the, the Pac-12 this year, they're doing they're not doing divisions right? So it's like it's just the top two teams. we said this before the season started that i I really thought this was going to be the third best team in the pac-12 because they're just so flawed and what we're seeing now is like everyone talked about lincoln riley going out to usc how it was going to be this thing where they were going to score a bazillion points and he had caleb williams they're gonna bring all these you know transfer portal guys and like they were going to be they were going to restore greatness and all that kind of stuff well the problem is like the greatness and like the the great teams and the little dynasty that USC enjoyed like in the early 2000s, which was a dynasty. And, and they were one of the most dominant teams in, they were the most dominant program in the country for, for three to four years. And what was different though, is like, then you had guys like Aaron Rodgers. You might've had a couple of like ranked games against, I don't know, Notre Dame and Brady Quinn, but the teams in your conference are not built. Like these teams are built they They weren't, they're not built like Utah. They're not built like Oregon where they can play defense. Yes. And it's, you know, I, I think it's going to really, really hard like hinder them.
0: Yeah. And they're going to well, and they're what they'll go to the Big Ten now where they'll just be more of that. And they they're going to have to change their philosophy in recruiting uh, just in general. They got to focus more on defense, obviously. Um, yeah. And I don't know, you know, Lincoln Link Riley seems to be offended that media questions why their defense is
1: bit so bad. I don't understand how the, that guy's still employed. I don't I don't understand how that guy's still employed. I, it's like, um, anyway, whatever. Yeah, I, I think I think they are probably done for the year because even if they somehow get through that schedule, I don't see them managing like a, a win in the Pac-12 championship. Now, I will tell you this. They have a very good chance of ruining someone's season.
0: Oh, for sure. Because they're going to be written off after this game. Yeah, and- yeah, no, I agree. They still have a good offense. I mean, you can't win a game turning the ball seven over, seven times. It's just yeah. uh, uh, all
1: right, it's best best let's game. go to the SEC. Let's go to this real quick. Okay, just for Krista, and she's here, and then we'll go to Mizzou, Kentucky. Um, there's not a lot to talk about in this one. No. Uh, LSU looks really, really good. They the offense sputtered a couple of times, but not enough for it to matter even remotely. Um, was really impressed. Jaden Daniels is continues to be one of the best players in the country. I thought it was really impressive that like LSU, I've been saying this for like the last week or two. They're a team that like people are going to somehow forget a little bit about, like, like they're not going to take them seriously. Like they'll see the numbers they put up and Jaden Daniels and all that kind of stuff. And then in about three to four weeks, it's going to hit everyone collectively. That Oh shit. Like they can still contend for something. I, they're yeah. dangerous man they
0: you know uh, they just need a little improvement on defense i mean this was a good start um i ended up sneaking in a bet before the game team total 26 and a half under for auburn
1: and that's insane that it was even that high
0: yeah um so they really outperformed on defense what at least vegas thought would happen um yeah man i mean dude the craziest thing, like, and that that game quickly became second screen, you know, kind of, I was real into the Miami-UNC yeah. and the UFC game, um, but I just glanced over, and I see Jaden Daniels just kind of take off, couldn't find anything downfield, and he was just, the dude just glides down glides. the field. It's crazy, man. He's so good. Like, I, I never thought he would be this good. Like, as no. he was, at Arizona State, you know, granted, he was young, but... He was just kind of like, even his first game at LSU. I remember when when Florida State played him. It just felt like he was real tentative to go down the field. He would scramble, and he was an elite runner when he would scramble. But that was like their whole offense, right? And he's just putting up massive numbers, man. Good for him.
1: Yeah, he I would like, be more in the Heisman conversation. He's got to be solidified. I, I was. That's one of the reasons I was so surprised that that Penix was at like plus one hundred. Did you see the game day with with Desmond, Desmond Howard? God. What are we doing? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's coming from me. I was offended. Not offended, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, by the way, so this is this is in the last like you take out the Grambling game, right? This is this is the numbers he's putting up. 418 versus Auburn, 389 versus Mizzou, 513 versus Ole Miss. That's a ranked game. Florida State 410 and Mississippi State 425. I mean, he's right around 400 something yards a game in total offense by himself. And the, the, the thing that's crazy too is he's not like that. That offense goes when he as he goes, but like there's still weapons there. Like the, the whole offense isn't just him. Like he just makes it go. Um, one of the things that I thought was the biggest sham out of this entire game was it was an 11 and a half point spread. The six and a half in the first half I thought was a joke. Um, and Auburn, I understand, coming off a of bye week, they played Georgia close. And, like, I understand the series is close. Six of the last seven were by five points or, or fewer and, and all that kind of stuff. That being said, like, one of the things I kept hearing over and over and over again was, well, do you think LSU – or do you think Auburn can has a chance to beat LSU and upset them because that LSU defense is so bad. That LSU defense is so bad. Yeah, well, the Auburn offense is is arguably worse yeah. And, and there's some positives cause we're trying to do optimistic October and, and they, they threw for over hundred yards against a power five team for the first time in their last six games. They threw for like a whopping like 150 something. And that was with both quarterbacks combined. Um, that's the only, and I don't even know if that's a positive you could take away from that because like the defense, I know what the score says. They got beat by 30. The defense can only do so much. I thought yeah. Auburn's run game was decent. Um, really confused by Jarquez Hunter is not involved more it, it, like in the offense. He's clearly the best offensive player you have. And then the quarterback situation is, this is my question to you. Peyton Thorne, 1223 for 102 yards, a 26.7 QBR, um, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Robbie Ashford, three of four for 52 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Um, Thorne also had 27 yards rushing and Ashford had 19. They were never going to win this game, but there's a lot of unrest with like Auburn fans right now of whether or not they should make a move at quarterback because the offense just isn't doing anything with Peyton Thorne. They're just not unless it's like that big chunk play against Georgia early on. Like, and maybe a couple of, other. I can't even think of like any other ones. Like there's just, the offense is so stagnant. And, and uninspiring and like very like non-creative, which is what I thought I was going to get most from Hugh Freeze. Would you make a move and bring in Ashford?
0: I don't think either one of these guys will, I know Peyton Thorne won't be, but I don't think either one's going to be quarterback next year. And it depends on what you're trying to play for this year. Um Are you just trying to instill the, look, What's going to happen this offseason is they're bringing in a, a really talented true freshman, and they're also probably going to hit the portal hard and try to replace both these guys. So to me, maybe you sneak a win out more if you get Ashford in there. But we've also seen
1: Ashford play. Like, do you think it's going to be that much better? I I think at this point, it like he's he's let, like he's sparked a few things. He's the one I know they they got a turnover deep in the, in Georgia territory, but he's the one that got that touchdown. In the second half, there, Um, he looked okay at times last year against like Bama. Like he had a couple of nice passes. I just think at this point, like I think you're in a very critical situation if you're Auburn because, and I'm I'm talking about long term. And and Freeze has been a like very, very like consistent with saying like, "Hey, this is not an overnight thing. This is not going to be an overnight thing." And you're looking about halfway through the season, you're three and three, and all the losses are teams you probably thought you were going to lose to georgia at lsu um what was the other one uh a and m on the road the the concern for me is there's not really any progress being made not just with like the the quarterback play but the play calling the designs like like any sort of momentum on offense and it's very it's i wouldn't say it's inconsistent because it's just consistently not doing anything but like like you just said, if you don't go to the portal, your move is we're going to bring in this true freshman, Walker White, who's very talented. If you bring him in, like, I don't know if you put all your eggs in that basket for one, but like now you're talking about a true freshman quarterback. And we've seen this before. We saw it with bone X. Like if you put all your eggs in that basket, like now you're talking about probably like three years until you're really competing at the level you want to, unless this freshman quarterback is, you know, like lighting the world on fire.
0: Yeah, no, they're, they'll hit the portal and they'll get they'll get like a Sam Hartman type older guy that's going to be there for a year that is looking to get to a, to a bigger school. I can't think of a name off the top of my head, but it'll be somebody like that um, would yeah, be my right. guess. Yeah, I know the the Brock Vannegriff rumors have been there for a long time. Well, that was just me starting yeah.
1: out, I think. OK, um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> I, I but I was really impressed with LSU and I. And I I feel like this will be one of those things that goes back and forth each week, where I like, I try to convince myself which team is actually going to win the SEC West, but I really like LSU, man. Really like where they're at. All right, where do I go next? Let's go to Missouri, Kentucky.
2: Whoop whoop!
0: Dude, Missouri, good on you. Yeah, that was awesome, man. They 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 took care of business. That that not a good look for Stoops coming off that press conference yeah there's a lot I mean, of not good looks for soups in this game this one's not on nil like yeah they've got luther burden like you probably got a big nil package but Missouri's not chock full of talent that they went out and bought and you got smoked at home
1: well and and now like peel it back a little bit like not only did you get smoked at home you got put away late and it looked like you got, like, I wouldn't say gave up, but like, if you, I watched this game from start to finish. With, they had
0: a 90% win percentage at one point, like in the second quarter.
1: So we watched this game, and Jeff's a Mizzou guy, and and like, there's, they struggle. They haven't beaten, Mizzou, or they haven't beaten Kentucky in Kentucky in like, I think like nine or 10 years. Like, they've been owned, like, lost like seven of the last eight, and it's always like in heartbreaking fashion. Brady Cook comes in the game injured. And the game started about as badly as it could have for Mizzou. They had no identity on offense, like no like idea what they were trying to do. Um, really, really bad like start for them on offense and defense, really. like I mean, Kentucky was moving the ball at will. They had like 154 yards of offense, I think, in their first two drives. And they came out, went up 14-0, 14-0, and forced Mizzou to punt. And in one of the weirdest <laughs> – most ridiculous plays I've like play calls and trick plays, whatever you want to call it. I've seen in a long time, their punter down 14, nothing from the right hash on like fourth and nine throws just a go route to the, like the gunner on, on punt teams, and, and the guy ca- catches it and scores. And it was like, and I think at that point, Brady cook was one of six or something like that in the game. So it was a massive, massive, um play for Mizzou to get something going. But what was what was shocking was if you're Kentucky, you're at home and you're still up seven. And like they ha- Mizzou hasn't done anything. Like in and, and they have not been able to stop you at all. And what ends up happening is their next six drives, I think they had sixteen plays for eight eight yards total. I mean the Devin
0: Leary transfer has been nothing short of a disaster. I don't I don't know like
1: I, Devin Leary was really good at one point. I don't know what's happened. I've I sang his praises all offseason. I thought he was going to be awesome. And, and Liam Cohen's there, and you returned your top five pass catchers from a year ago. And the run game that we thought might be stagnant or, or like, not, not non-existent, but, like, taking a step back because you lost Chris Rodriguez, you have the leading rug, uh, rusher in the entire conference. I, but that team is – there was not a lot of things about Kentucky that I liked. No, There it's going to be a rough end of the season for them. Well, I mean, the schedule's not that bad, but they do get Tennessee next week. They have Bama at home. I think there's something else too, but like, <laughs> yeah, not that bad, huh? I mean, like they could still get to eight wins. Like they have five yeah, wins already, did.
0: which I know they've dominated Louisville, but Louisville is pretty good this year.
1: Although that was a, just, they lost a pit this weekend. I don't know how that happened. I don't get it. I don't get that <laughs> at all. Um, no, I just that this is different than like like we talked about with like LSU or USC. Obviously, those teams are different in general, but like I don't know of Kentucky. I, I think Kentucky is like a chalk team. Like I don't think that they are good enough to go upset any of they shouldn't upset. And and they just they didn't do a lot like that I didn't enjoy watching this brand of Kentucky football. They didn't run the ball super well, they were super chippy and and like constantly talking shit. Which is just, I was just surprised. Um, I mean, it was super chippy, super chippy. And the other thing is, too, you had so many breaks go your way and you did nothing with it. Like, not like, you know, the 14 0 start, right? And then there were things like there, there was one point where they there was like a horse collar that I didn't call because he wasn't outside the tackle box, which I didn't even know that was a, a rule. Like, I feel like I, I learned a new rule every year in this rivalry and it's always benefiting Kentucky. Um, but like, outside of their defensive line play there wasn't anything that was like super inspiring like that the receivers didn't make a lot of uh tough catches and they just faded they just faded it was like they completely lost confidence or focus or whatever but it was not i did i just didn't enjoy like this is not what i see from a mark uh, soup's team ever ever
0: yeah it's something going it, Some doesn't seem right especially coming off that floor like you come off that dominating florida win and then wow. you just go get embarrassed two, two weeks straight. Embarrassed. And, and, and like, let's be honest, like, we all got back on Georgia after that game. And then they went back out and kind of did the same shit they've been doing all season. With you know Vandy. Like, we, it felt like Georgia finally started figuring it out collectively, but the offense and defense against Kentucky. And it's like, okay, there's the Georgia we've all right, right, we've right. been waiting for. And then they just kind of sleptwalk through the Vandy game.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that in a second. I, I, I will do say, I will say like finishing up with this game, the thing that is concerning again for Kentucky and also makes you feel better for Mizzou, this is a Mizzou team that was banged up, man. Luther Burden got hurt at one point during the game. He didn't really even get going at any point. They could not get him going. Their running yeah. back is either hurt or just a, I don't know. He looks like a 28-year-old in semi-professional football. Like it is. there's no burst, like it's not great. Um, he did have Cody like a trainer at the end. Was that you talking about Cody Schrader? Yeah,
0: well, he was injured coming in right. the game,
1: but and you, you still had him run for whatever he like a, a huge dagger and nail in the coffin. Uh, touchdown run at the end, and again, Brady Cook was injured. Like, they there was an interception at one point that Leary threw that was overturned, and it was the right call, it was overturned, and then he threw another one. Like, I want to say two or three plays later, like they they it wasn't like they didn't have opportunities to win this game when they were up down tight or, or, whatever. And I think it says a lot about like the amount of missed opportunities. They, they didn't take advantage of. And if you're Mizzou, you're like, somebody just asked in the comments, can they go eight and four better this year? I don't think they're going to beat Georgia because it's on the road. Right. But like they have one loss and to arguably the best offense in the country. And it was, it came down to, I know it's a 10 point loss, but it's because of a last second pick six. Like, and they were up 10 in that game. They were up 15.
0: 15 yeah. Yeah. Something. Yeah. 15. Right.
1: Right. So, so, yeah. I think there's a lot. There's a lot that, like, I don't know. Eight and four. I don't, I mean, let me look at the schedule real quick because they, they're still, like, obviously several games they haven't played yet. They have South Carolina. And this is like the thing Mizzou has to avoid at all costs don't lose to South Carolina. But no, six and can't. one, you're already bull eligible. Which Are is, they playing them next week? Yeah. At home. Uh, and then yes, a week I, off at Georgia. I, I love doing that spot. South Carolina's got to be reeling. They're awful. Um, the week off then at Georgia, Tennessee at home, Florida at home, and then at Arkansas. So eight wins I think is doable because I think they they will beat South Carolina. and I think they'll definitely beat Arkansas. And they might jump up and get on one of those other teams too. Yeah. No,
0: good for wits. I mean, I, I felt like coming into the season, it was kind of like a, you better have a, a pretty decent season this year because what is yeah. this, year for? Yep.
1: And they just gave him that extension and all those resources.
0: That line, by the way, right now is six and a half from Missouri at home Not against done. South Carolina. All right, where are we going next? Wanna to go to that Florida game? Yeah. Let's talk about this for a second. Do we have any voicemails? We do. They were it was there was one Florida, one Bama, and then the rest Georgia.
1: Oh, we should play those for sure. Just all now. right. <laughs> um, um, this game, okay. I admittedly yeah. missed part of it. This was in a bad spot because it was like at three thirty, with uh, the Washington Oregon game, and then also the what do you call it? I was and I was also kind of confused why it was a three thirty start because usually it's the four o'clock start. Um, and it was up against Tennessee and Texas A and M as well. An incredible game, an incredible game from both sides. Um, I got a couple of questions for you. That I'll get to in a second, right off the I bat. Think it was
0: the sleep, the, the Wednesday night sleep that, that was tracked. Did right. you hear about the Napier before this uh, game? He was like, we're going to be different. We're going to be tracking sleep on Wednesday, making sure we get great sleep going into the game. Uh, we're going to do different travel. I think maybe they went up a day earlier or something yeah, like I that. Um, and, hey, all the road woes for Billy Napier are now gone. I don't know
1: about that, but I will also say huge win. Like yeah. a huge win for them. And also in a spot like not only where they've struggled, but like if you would have told me, hey, Carolina's gonna score thirty-nine points, I would have a thousand percent told you that that Florida was in big trouble. Cause I don't think that offense could have, have kept a pace with them. But what right if from I Tutman, told
0: you that Graham merged through for four hundred and twenty-three yards,
1: three touchdowns, no picks. The 423 yards was what was mainly surprising. And then also I would have been shocked if, if somebody told me that he was going to throw the ball almost 50 times. He threw the ball 48 times against Carolina. And, I mean, I guess, like, I guess that kind of makes sense also because that's that's what Mississippi State did with, with Will Rogers, obviously, and, like, their secondary has been really, really bad. But this was a game where it wasn't like Carolina – like, I mean, Spencer Rattler has just been phenomenal, phenomenal. Like, all season long, he had a, 360 yards – um, four touchdowns, one interception, everything you can ask from. Them. Everything you can ask from. Shocked that Carolina was able to stuff uh Florida's run game so much.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you you tell me South Carolina scores that many points, and Trevor Etienne has fifty-one yards, Montreal Johnson has sixty-eight, one touchdown between them. I would have been like they must have just absolutely destroyed Florida. Right. And yet Mertz and Feels like just guard Ricky Persall probably at some point, somebody.
1: Dude. Well, and also there was there were some other things too that were bad luck for Carolina. Like there was one play late in the fourth where they had they had like a, a – a, I don't know what down it was. There was a pass that went off one guy's hands and just yeah. fell directly into the lap of the other receiver. Yeah, and they they kept awesome. the drive going. But, yeah, this is also one of those things. This is the thing that concerns me the most out of South Carolina is – I think that under Beamer, they're a team that's going to be, they're, they're better than Arkansas in the terms of they're going to be able to pull off a big win and get a big upset. And like, you saw it last year with Clemson. They, they can be good enough and have a game plan good enough and rally the troops with like the talent they have um, and how scrappy they can be in all three phases with, with that quarterback and also with Beamer. They can go win a game that they're not supposed to win a game, but they're not supposed to win every year. What they can't do is win on a consistent basis week to week. And that's the thing that's most concerning because it's like you're at home. You know, this, they're they're two and four, which is not even that f- like far or different than what I think the expectations would have been for them at this point. Like the ceiling would be four and two, right? Like you know, I don't I don't think they were, anybody thought they were gonna go five and one or some, you know, on some crazy run to start the year. But this is a game that you should have won. This is a game that like was kind of tailored for you to win. And you just find new ways to lose, and it it it's the fan base is is pretty frustrated.
0: Yeah, I, I don't blame him. I mean, do you think Beamer stops with all the kind of off the field like TikToks and all that?
1: I think part of that is like what he's trying to build there, or that's just how he is, and, and whatever. Yeah, and I think a lot of it's like really good, and it's it's a long off season. I don't. I don't think about any of that. Like,
0: but fans don't. They're not going to love that shit if you're losing seven
1: games a year. It's a very easy, low hanging fruit thing to yeah. point at and be like, you know, stop making TikToks and do this. And like, right, right. You know, and the, the bottom line is that like, this is always going to be an uphill climb for Carolina. Yeah, but it's it's sad to see the level of like haplessness this team continues to have. It like upfront. They, they like the fact that Nick Harbor and, and they, I don't know that much about it. I don't know why he's been off the field for most of the year. I'm sure there's a reason because he's a five-star that's six five two forty and runs like a 10 one, like, you know, 100 yard dash. The fact that he has two receptions for 52 yards all year, he had one for 45 on, on Saturday. The fact that he's not involved at, at all. That's what, that's stuff. I don't get like, what? why are we not, you're, you're trotting out like Luke Doty and, and, Dak Joyner, like your former quarterback room all on the field at once. Like, I don't, what happened? Why is this kid not being utilized? Because it's not like you need to throw the towel in, but like something's got to change. Like something absolutely has changed. And the defense, and he ripped the defense in the post game, which is what like I was going to ask you about your thoughts on. He's been getting, he's been like kind of under scrutiny lately of, is he too whiny and bitchy and blamey after games and after losses, like, what are your thoughts on that? He does kind of come off that way.
0: Um, I mean, I'm sure he's frustrated, but I, by the way. On the harbor thing, like, that's also the kind of thing that you see the kid hit the portal after the season in this day and age,
1: yeah, especially if, if Ratner's gone,
0: yeah. So, I think it'll be interesting to see how they play that situation out the rest of the year. Um, if you're Beamer, I mean, look, I didn't, I didn't hear the the press conference, but like, you just got to take accountability. Like, that's what yeah. a lot of these coaches they just, you know, you go back to Mario last week, like with the whole kneel down situation. First thing he does is like, well, we t- we teach two hands on the ball, and it's like, that's yeah,
1: come
0: on, man, just take ownership and let's let's figure out what's going on here. But yeah, the the trench play is concerning, and they've done a good job. I know in the 2024 class they have two highly ranked um, O linemen coming in, but you can't just get dominated every every game on the line of scrimmage. You, you have no chance at that point. Well,
1: that's that's again, and, and we'll go into the next game here real quick. But like that was yeah, really we had really
0: a good. call from this game. To, it's it's a long one, but it's our Florida resident, so
3: we can play okay. it. Hey guys, it's the Florida resident. Uh, before I address. Uh, the events of this evening, let me start off by saying, Tyler, I appreciate that beautiful soliloquy that you have here with the beautiful explanation of everything that's going on. Now, with that being said, let's fucking go! (laughs) Listen, we might lose every fucking game the rest of this season. And I'm not saying (laughs) that shit's a real Serious (laughs) Serious possibility. <laughs> but damn it, let me live for one fucking week. Stunt on them home. Merch. Shit. I'm I am E-fucking sighted. <laughs> I don't like to tell that right now. E-sided. Merch to so the touchdown pass. I did something stupid and bought everybody at the bar fucking shot. I shouldn't have did that. But damn it, I needed everybody to be happy with me. Uh, yeah, um, nothing against South Carolina fans. Hey, I love y'all. Big hug. Not really. Big hugs.
1: Yeah. Cause,
3: goddamn, uh, we de- we definitely made Spencer Rattler look like uh, the first round draft pick uh, tonight. But um, I, 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 oh, I just wish I could rewind all of the tape of everybody talking about how bad merch was gonna be. Now granted, I am not saying Mertz is a high contender. I don't wanna come off as that, no, because he definitely is not. He is definitely the check down champion. He is <laughs> shit. <laughs> He's the check down champion. But between him and uh uh Billy Napier stop throwing fucking hitches, damn it, we gotta win. On the road, this is huge. We might, Like I said, we might lose every other game, but that's all right. I hope you guys have a great rest of the night. I hope the rest of the night. Hey, And also, the Washington-Oregon game was amazing. Gee, I was watching that and listening to the Florida game on the radio. That game was amazing as well. But I hope everybody's team won today. If your team didn't win today, well, that shit happens. But, um, yeah, this is Florida resident. I hope everybody has a good one. And, yes, I'm soft up. I'm going to holler at y'all later.
0: It's just not. It's just not a show without without our Florida. Resident. I love that so much. That was that's, awesome. what, that's what college football is all about.
1: I've never heard him that happy. I, me either. Always very sad. Amazing, amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, the last thing I'll say is this: like the the thing with Carolina, one of the things I looked at. The first thing I looked at when care or when Rattler was transferring, because I knew they had the skill positions, but like, what difference was he going to see at South Carolina versus OU besides the competition he was going to face? because he's played better against the better competition seemingly in the sec. But I remember looking at this, these numbers and it was like, Oklahoma had 11 offensive line recruits that were four stars or higher on that roster when he, when he left. And I think Carolina had one or two at most. And that's, it shows like, and like recruiting stars on everything, but they, they have got to focus on shoring up that, that cause then otherwise we're going to have is like, you're, you're going to waste this kind of like, once in a decade type season he's having a quarterback you know be like on a two and four season right now anyway where are we going next
0: um let's go here let's go. okay yeah before we talk about it i want to get a quick shout out this is just a total random game but i saw the score and i was flabbergasted arizona 44 to 6 over washington state at washington state um this is coming off the heels of nearly beating usc um and this kid, Noah Fafita, who's been the backup to Jaden Delora, is like killing it. 342 yards. So just want to shout out them because I, I like they've been a terrible program. And it seems like they're they're like they're competing and they they beat the shit
1: out of Washington State. Beat the shit out of them. In Washington State. So yeah. Shout out Wildcats. That was shocking. Um yeah, there was a couple of good Pac-12 games, like uh, you know, per usual. Um, all right, let's talk about this one real quick because this is one of the bigger games going into the weekend. A M in Tennessee. Now I was watching this game. I, I picked AM to win. Um, outright. I thought I thought this was a weird line, even though because I thought they were tougher up front. Um and this was, I wasn't surprised because I thought I thought it was a really good football game. It was a very, very good football game. Classic, like mid 2000s type, like like SEC football game. Very physical. Yep. Quarterback play was not great. Just not great. No. Um AM on the road, everything that is anytime there's gonna be a loss and AM, like no matter what, there's going to be a lynch mob coming for Jimbo Fisher because of the how just how crazy high his, his contract is. And I understand that part of being frustrated about like how high the contract is. I will also tell AM fans that like like it, it wasn't like somebody signed an executive order and just gave him that like y'all wanted it because he, but what happened in 2021, there was no reason to do it. And you gave it to him. Now I will tell you right now that I, I know that you hate Jimbo. We, we give him a, a hard time. I, I still say even with like what they look like in the, the current uh, record, I don't think that he deserves to be fired right now or be on that much of a hot seat, because you look at the, the losses you're in a one-score game against Tennessee on the road against a ranked team. You lost against a ranked Miami team on the road. You lost against uh, a Bama team that is Bama, right, and and ranked. Like, like you weren't favored to win any of those games besides the Miami game. It wasn't like you had some slip-up where you, like, lost to Mississippi State like they did in 2021. It wasn't like you had some, like, weird thing at the end of the season like you've seen at times where, like, they looked – you know, completely helpless. You're starting quarterbacks out. And yeah. I'm not trying to make an excuse for it, but Max Johnson was awful in this game. The offensive line was terrible. Credit to Tennessee, they got after his ass all day. But this was also kind of the other side, like some of the stuff that Jimbo's come under scrutiny for, which is like, why didn't he go for it on fourth and one against Bama? Why didn't he do this? Then you see in this game where he goes for it on fourth and one, and Max Johnson gets stepped on by his lineman, by his center. Like, they, there was another play where on, I think it was like fourth down where he went forward or maybe it was third down um, early in the first half. And as he's dropping back, the his own like right tackle or whatever gets pushed into him and knocks him down. Like like it was like an assisted sack, and it was all day. He was being harassed all day. Um, and this is another good point from Aaron Haggard. Like, on top of that, the question that you have to ask is who they who would they get that's better than Jimbo? I, I don't want to spend the entire game segment like trying to save Jimbo's job or anything like that. But I do think that if we're being reasonable in this situation, he's lost his starting quarterback again, which has happened multiple times. And now Haynes King, maybe he shouldn't have been a starter, but like he was the starting quarterback two years ago. You lost him. You've lost Connor Wegman, former five-star, both of them former five-stars. It hasn't been easy on him. It hasn't been easy on him. Um, What were your thoughts on this game? I mean, it was was kind
0: of an ugly game. I mean, like you said, both quarterbacks were horrible. Um, Max Johnson was better than Joe Milton was. Um, I don't know about that. Well, eight point three three yards per play for Max Johnson versus five point four two in the passing game on passing plays. Tennessee averaged three point six eight yards per play. That's unbelievable. The here's a surprise. I think someone said in the chat. Um, Tennessee ran all over A and M. Yeah, uh, two hundred fifty three rush yards, five point six two yards per play. Um, And that's the game right there. I mean, uh, Tennessee, you got to give credit to their defense. Although, shit, man, another 12 uh, tackles for loss for a defense. Another three sacks. They have an incredible D-line. And I just think if you've got that kind of talent, I know that he's got a, a quarterback that's down, but I just feel like you got to then do a better job of recruiting a, a quarterback room that can sustain –
1: Something like that. I, that. That I disagree with. Like, I, I think losing a, a starting quarterback for anyone is very difficult. Like, like Ohio state was able to do it one year and, and like it contend and win a national championship. But like that, that's just, a, I think we take that for granted because we've seen stuff like sets and Bennett come in as like the backup and and then become the starter. We've seen two Oh with Jalen and that kind of stuff. But like, that is not a very common thing that you just have like a, a stable of quarterbacks and didn't have to come in that situation. Like, I mean, like how many people have backups that are Max Johnson? I mean, he's a pretty decent backup. Yeah. And, and like, here's the other thing too, is where does the blame fall with the offense right now? Because he's not calling the plays.
0: Yeah. I I can't wait till if it keeps going South there, there's going to be some comments made. I feel like at some point, about
1: the offense and then Jim would be like, Well, y'all want me to
0: hire on a OC? Here we go. I'm not but calling. Dude, if
1: they get if they get two more losses, <laughs> yeah, dude. He, you know that's what's coming. I'm he selfishly
0: knows. rooting for that. I'm I'm not trying to be mean, but it would be funny. Yeah,
1: no, it actually would be. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I thought
0: on like, defense, but, man, and they, like they had a good defensive performance because Tennessee got didn't they get a return for one of their touchdowns?
1: They got a punt return for a touchdown and kind of shifting gears cause like so their offense scored 13 points. Yeah, and but so here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like you're right, and that's not what we're used to seeing with poll. But what I was really impressed with Tennessee, and I know that I am a, a person that is not a fan of Tennessee, and I, I like, you know, we spent a lot of talking, time talking about a And M, and I will hate Tennessee all week because they're playing Bama. But what I was most impressed was with with Tennessee was they they did a lot of stuff that got in their own way. Tons of penalties in this game. T- same crew, by the way. Or, actually, no, it wasn't the same crew. But they had, they each had ten plus penalties in the game. Milton, like when they when they got a drive late in the game where they probably could have put it away, just completely doesn't see it. Like the safety throws a pick right right in his hands as they're driving like in the red zone. Inexcusable can't happen. That that was concerning. He, there's still no accuracy. He was 11 of 22 for for 100 yards. Uh, this is twice style that, that we've talked about in the offseason where it's like he can throw it 90 yards and he's into the game with. Around 90 yards total passing, <laughs> which is impossible. But what I was impressed with was despite that, despite that, like it took a while for them to get the run game going. They won this game in other phases where it's like you you pin someone deep, you got stopped and didn't go for on fourth. So you, you had to punt and you pinned AM down on the, the half-inch line and then gave up nothing. They almost got a pick six down there, and the defense was relentless. The the fans were relentless, the crowd was awesome, the atmosphere was great. And then you got a pump return for a touchdown. And, like, that's honestly, that's the kind of stuff that, like, I'm not saying they're an elite team because they're not, but that's the kind of stuff that elite teams do is figure out a way to stay in it, stay in it, and then score in like a different phase of the game. Like, like, and, mm-hmm. you know, I was really impressed with them.
0: Yeah. No, I, the, the defense, the defense stepping up for Tennessee is, is big because, and, and, uh, to Willie, Willie Gray's point in the chat, I mean, if Nico comes in and gives you some spark on offense, you're talking about a a, a much more dangerous team.
3: Mm. Okay, I you mean,
0: don't want to go that far. no, I don't think that. I don't think that's a. All right, I want to go here. Yeah, that's fair because the score was not indicative of what happened in that second half to Miami. Um, I was impressed with Miami coming out because I was like, "Man, you're gonna." It felt like you were gonna know pretty early if Miami was over what happened last week. Yeah, and they were up three at half, and it. I mean, Drake May didn't have the best of nights. The kid's got a cannon. I, I like watching him play, but yeah. Um, then just the, the second half was just dominated by UNC. Got to give a shout out to Tez Walker, dude. I, That dude's a beast, man. It sucks that he hasn't been able to play all year, but he's incredible. Three touchdowns in in this game, Mm -hmm. Um, and Miami put on some late points to kind of make it more interesting as far as the spread was concerned. Um, But man, you got to again. No one's been talking about UNC, and here we are. They're they're coming out here. They're still undefeated they add Tez Walker to what was already a really good offense. Yep. And their defense played really well in the second half of this game. I mean, Miami could do anything. They just the corner with him. So, I personally am terrified to play C in the, the ACC championship because I think if if that's the way it ends up, this a poor State fan because Drake May, like, anytime you gotta go against Drake May, you know they're gonna be putting up points. The dude, yeah. he's really good. I mean, he's really good at running, too. Like he was juking out Miami guys, like this team's legit,
1: man. Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. Like I I was I was thinking about this. We'll do this on the next show and like kind of do like a midseason show where like kind of look at some things where we were right, where we were wrong, whatever. Um, but one of the things I think I was like wrongest about this this season before the season started was Jaden Daniels for one. And not necessarily Drake May, but like I just didn't think UNC was legit because I didn't think anything, I didn't think anything of him. Like, they lost, they lost Phil Longo, and they've only gotten better. And they've done a really good job in the portal. And, you know, Matt Brown has kind of been forgotten because he's so old. Right? He still got I some just, fire in him. You saw that Yelp review he gave the NCAA.
0: Anytime they they show him on a night game, like, it's fourth quarter, I'm like, dude, he wishes he was asleep right now. Like, a
1: thousand percent. <laughs> a thousand percent. Um, can you give me a half-calf? Just give me, like, a mug, a half-calf. Uh, Maybe some more milk. He He's like – he's but he's been really good at – they're very well coached. Um, he's hit the portal. He's adapted to like, you know, stuff that – stuff like Dabo ha- – or, you know, teams like Clemson and Dabo have Um Very impressed with Tez Washington. I thought that was awesome. Tez Walker, I mean. And there's a game in a couple of weeks where UNC plays Duke. And I don't want to be a person at the moment, but I'm going to be a person at the moment. And it's – I think that's probably the best game of the year in the ACC.
0: Could be Florida State's got Duke uh, next weekend. Oh I'm a little nervous about it. Yeah, you should be. Duke's good, man. Yeah, dude, they haven't had their their baller QB. They just beat uh, NC State 24-3 last night. Like, yeah,
1: their defense yeah. is legit. They're they're, um, they're they're one two minute drill away from from being undefeated. Yeah, um, yeah. I was I was impressed with them. All right, I think we're missing a game. But we don't have to talk about it. This was exactly what I thought would happen. Those last two games, I I felt like I was pretty spot on about, I, I thought it would be a, a close game, maybe early. And then the, the home team would pull away. UNC obviously pulled away from, from Miami. Um, and in this game, like I was shocked that the line was three. Again, another one of these things I was like, is this fool's goal because you're going to Corvallis against a very good Oregon state team. And the one time we've seen Dante Moore at quarterback for UCLA, like on the road, he was really bad against Utah. And you know, we really put Utah and the defense up on a pedestal, but Oregon State beat Utah, like, and and beat them soundly. And so yeah. I was really impressed with this. Um They gave up a decent amount of running yards. They, they gave up, like, almost 300 yards rushing. But they put the clamps down when they had to. The offense was really good. They still very, very fun to watch. The atmosphere was great. And now Oregon State is right behind PAMA um, at 12, and it's deserved. I mean, like, I would just – it's a really good team man really Absolutely. good team That's and really my preseason funny. pick to win the pac 12 and they're not they're not done yet so you never know
0: all right so is the last game Bama
1: we don't have to talk about Bama it was against Arkansas I I will like we can we can start what, like what happened in that game it. and
0: I'm legitimately asking because I it was on at the same time as, same time as the fourth State game and my second scream unfortunately had to be on a Halloween movie for my daughter so couldn't watch the Bama game what what was what happened? I know, I saw the KJ Jefferson play, which was awesome.
1: Crazy, really good. Oh, what was? Why was it so close? So it wasn't for most of the game. It was twenty four to six. Bama like kind of sputtered a little bit early. Not really bad. By the way, Arkansas's kicker is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> he he hit like a forty eight and like a fifty five yarder, and they both would have been good from like seventy. Like I like blown away. Blown, blown away i said all week though if we're going to talk about this like i said all week this every single like like box that you check for a, a trap game this was it you're coming off a big emotional road win against a you have a big rivalry game that's a revenge game next week at home against tennessee you're kind of getting back in contention it, it makes sense to look ahead you're a 19 and a half point favorite over a team you put them away late last year but that was a 5 point game in the in the third or fourth quarter um it was a one score game the the year before in in Tuscaloosa, and it was an 11 a.m. start like it, all of all of the makings for a trap game
0: and it's one of those where you just try to get out there with a victory
1: well and they they got up early and they were up i think 21 to 6 something like that at the at the half Milro started out not super great but then they had a bust. I don't think it was a busted coverage. It was actually a designed, a uh, pretty well-designed play Um, that he hit like somebody wide open for like a 79 yard touchdown. And at half, he was like seven of 10 for 215 yards and three touchdowns. And when they came back from the second half, the defense was like lights out. Arkansas did nothing. Like Arkansas did, did nothing for like, m- like most of the second and third quarter at all. And like Bama just started kind of like playing around, like playing with their food a little bit. And it just was like, the play calling was like different. Like they were throwing the ball deep a bunch and Milro, like it was, you know, the offensive line is still really bad. They gave up four sacks. They actually gave up five sacks Tyler. They gave up four to one player. It is the like hmm. six or seventh straight game where they've given up four sacks in a game. That is the most of any team in consecutive games in like FBS in the last twenty years, jeez, it's like historically yeah. bad. Um, and then you start having a couple of things like focuses, like or focus issues where you're not, you know, you have a couple of drops, you have a couple of like slight, slightly overthrown balls, and then Arkansas and KT Jefferson, who are very, very dangerous, like they were in the game, and so they had one drive scored, then Bama, like you know, so I think they were up like twenty-four to like eleven or something stupid. I don't know. Uh, 24 to 13 and got another three and out with just in, in Arkansas, went right back down the field. And then you saw the play with like KJ Jefferson. There was a couple of things like that. So again, optimistic October, this was a game that Bama had to get a drive and win. Cause they weren't like, the, Arkansas yeah. didn't gain a first down from the, like, like, I don't know, six minutes into the first quarter till one minute in the third, like one minute left in the third. Didn't gain a first down. like did nothing. And you still found a way to let them back in. And for whatever reason, like, you know, they they were able to run the ball effectively at some times, but they kept in their offense and like multiple times, like on second and third and eight, when in the game where you're trying to run clock, they threw the ball and no to his credit completed it. But it's still a team that like, you had a, you had six penalties. You had a bunch of like pre-snap penalties. You had a pre you had a false start Tyler on a, Victory formation taking a knee. I mm. I don't know how that's possible. And Jermaine Burton. It's going it was on him and he after the game, like we they win by three against unranked two and five Arkansas. And Burton, as they take the knee, is like talking shit to all the players, talking shit to their sideline, like just refuses to do anything likable. That guy sucks. He sucks. He sucks. He, football, it's like a Mount Rushmore of the worst people on my television. Him, that dickhead general or whatever from the, the Patriot, the British guy with the ponytail, that guy was the worst. There's mm. probably some other ones I could think of. But those That's two are like top great. two in the power rankings right now. All right, let's get to our top five. Okay.
0: We're, we're at an hour 15. Well, Do we have more voicemails or not? We did, we had one for this game,
1: okay? Because we had to play those anyway. Chris, I was very mad. What's up, guys? It's Bama Bo here. Um, just listen to
4: t hucks nice little spiel about getting on the pod. Um, finished up the Bama game. I mean, at least we won. Um, not really sure what to think. I mean, I think kind of like Saban sums it up pretty well. Like we got to learn to play sixty minutes of football. I don't. I don't really understand this team at all. Like, like we've, we've talked this talk of joyless murder ball and being, you know, trying to get back consistent after the Texas lost And I thought we've looked pretty good since then, but just haven't played a complete game. And we look so dominant when we want to be. You know, I don't understand the level of focus of these guys if it's just not there or what's going on. I mean, what are y'all's thoughts on that? And how? what about some of these just ill-advised penalties that's just absolutely blowing up saving? there at the end of the game. And I mean, hell me too on the couch. I just don't get it. I mean, how do you not fix these things in practice? I don't know. Well, at least we got some other good games coming on. you know, take it easy.
1: Yeah. I mean, we kind of touched on all that. I think I will say we'll get to more of it before this week. Um, One thing I will bring up, remember what Jim Dunaway said on the interview we did with him a couple weeks back was that he's not saying that like Saban isn't said, this is his best team. That they can compete, compete for a national championship or an SEC championship because I don't know if they can, but it seems like since there's so much to work on, he's got like that fire back and that defense is still really good. So there's that. All right, let's play. Do we have any good ones from Georgia and then we'll get out we of have, here? Yeah, we have UGA ones left. So here's a couple.
3: Hi, y'all. It's Lillian. Uh We are out on the streets of Broadway. And yeah, you know, I don't want to be dramatic, but I am real concerned Georgia's not that good. <laughs> That game at Vanderbilt today was painful. I don't know if it's our offense. I mean, it's for sure partially our defense. Things are a a hot mess. I don't know how we beat Kentucky the way we do and then have that game against Vanderbilt. Uh, But I'm just going to keep drinking through the season and hope for the best. Uh, So, you know, good luck, (laughs) Alphinders.
1: Um. I'm I like sure it. she was just out for a lovely dinner. You no, know? she texted me and said she was going to call the hotline, but she tried to leave a voicemail, but your voicemail was five minutes long. I was like, I'm sure it wasn't. I'm absolutely sure it wasn't. Um, yeah. yeah, she was having herself. I mean, it was 11 a.m. kick. Oh, yeah. In Nashville, dude? In oh. Nashville. All right, here's another one.
2: There ain't no Angry This is a dog fan. It's Zach from East Athens gonna say it was just Vanderbilt. We do this shit all the time. Play down to a lesser opponent. I know it's going to be talked about on this show, other show, live TV. I don't care if we even drop in the rankings. Who cares? We are the motherfucking dogs and we're always going to play up and beat other big teams at big times. Bowers is going to come back healthy and he'll be dominating per usual. All this whole discrepancy, you know who what I don't care. We are the motherfucking dogs, baby. It's kind of rock. Now, I just want to say the playoff time is going to be it for us. Just because one game where we can't play in a shit fucking field, you have players slipping and sliding and tearing shit and hurting shit, and what? then you got freaking construction going on, that is just unserious as a football school. We'll be doing all that during a game. I mean, come on. You can do that in off offseason. It's pathetic. You say the nerds would know better about scheduling time and putting more resources into things. Anyways, just want to say screw the nerds. Let's go, dog. Can't wait to beat the hell out of Florida. That's coming back home. Gonna drop 50 points on us. Sorry, losers, and Mr. Billy. And Marlon? Bama's getting closer to you. what do he say? Closer to me. And Florida State also have a wake up call. Anyways, what you, you guys are great. Having a shit
0: fucking sale in a shit fucking stadium. Go He's uh he was whispering. Bam getting closer to the end. What? He was whispering. Bam is getting closer to the end. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, we end it there. I also love the fact that he said this is unserious as a football school. Well, Vandy's definitely not a football school. Yeah. Um I also love how that entire first minute or two that was great. Like that was the yeah. best call of the week for sure. Um but the first minute or so was like him like who cares? We're fine. I don't care. And then by the end of it he was like it's a shit fucking school and a shit fucking stadium. <laughs> anyway. All right. Top 5. Let's do this. All
0: right. Uh starting at 5 I'm going to go Florida State. Okay. Uh 4 I'll go Georgia three, Ohio State, two, Washington, one, Michigan. I think Mi- Michigan, I know they haven't played anybody, but they're just beating the shit out of everybody. Yeah, that's fair. I think they're really good. Um, I'm going to put them at number one. So, yeah, I'll go one, Michigan, two, Washington, three, Ohio State, four, Georgia, five, Florida State.
1: Um, okay, so I will take uh, – hold on, EGA, and then FSU. All right, so – one, Washington. I'm gonna keep them up there. Um, two, I'll put Michigan up there. I feel like they they have like really, like you said, they've been really impressive in their wins. Um, so I'll keep them up there. Uh, three, Ohio State. Actually, you know what? I'll take Washington at one, Ohio State at two, Michigan at three. I will put. Um, should I do this? I would put Oregon still at four. Um, and Georgia. At, uh, no, FSU at five. No, There you go. All right, is that it? I guess that's it.
0: We went. We went long today. We love. We just love football. We do. Um. Okay. Cool. Well, that's the show, guys. Uh, as always, we really appreciate you guys tuning in, listening to the show, whether it's live or on pod. It would really help us and the growth of the show if you would rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Leave us a review and we will play the best ones on air. Like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Um, As always, leave a message. Call the hotline. We appreciate the ones that called this week and I didn't get to get all of them. Um, Maybe we'll do a separate segment where we can play some more. Um, But the more you guys call in, give us crazy stuff, the more we'll play. So people are talking about now, I put a little disclaimer on the voicemail, I said, hey, it's Tyler from the pod. By the way, you know, if you're going to use your real name, just know that we're going to potentially put this on social media. So just always be careful what you say. I don't like that. You don't like that?
1: Need more content. We can start giving away some prizes.
0: Don't forget to check out the videos and clips from the show. At
1: Sat Down South
0: on Twitter. At Saturday Down South on Instagram and TikTok. And at Saturday Down South 1 on YouTube. Chris on Tyler. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you guys on Wednesday for a week eight preview. A lot of really good games again this weekend. So we'll see you guys later this week.